Our text here tonight brings us to consider this woman who is virtuous. She is full of energy, she is upright, and she does her husband good. She makes life increase for him. She does not subtract, she adds. She is not a burden, but a blessing. Now, marriage is God's arithmetic. They multiply their joys by sharing them, and they lessen their burdens by dividing them. Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. It is a privilege to bring the message of God's Word to your heart today. And we're turning to the book of Proverbs, chapter 12. We're looking at the virtuous woman. So hear with me as I read to you these first four verses in Proverbs 12. Whosoever loveth instruction loveth knowledge, but he that hateth reproof is brutish. A good man obtaineth favor of the Lord, but a wicked man devices will he condemn. A man shall not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous shall not be moved. A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband, but she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness in his bones. Alas, there is no misery than the misery of a husband who is married to a difficult woman. And, of course, we read here that the virtuous woman is an untold blessing to her husband. And so, marry carefully. Men, choose a wife that will be God's blessing in your own life.
Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 4 is our text. A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband, but she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness in his bones. I want to begin by giving you a little note from John Plowman. The man who weds a loving wife, whate'er betideth him in life, shall bear up under all. But he that finds an evil mate, no good can come within his gate. His cup is filled with gall. It is a true saying, there is nothing as bad as a bad marriage, and that behind every good man is a good woman. Our text here tonight brings us to consider this woman who is virtuous. She is full of energy, she is upright, and she does her husband good. She makes life increase for him. She does not subtract, she adds. She is not a burden, but a blessing. Now, marriage is God's arithmetic. They multiply their joys by sharing them, and they lessen their burdens by dividing them. Now, this is a most complex subject because no two wives are alike. And it is further complicated because there are no two husbands who are alike. The state of a woman who is married to a farmer is very different to that of a, a woman who's married to a restaurant owner or to a missionary. And so the man that you marry is going to change your life in one way or another. And then to uh, add to the mix, uh, most women might be different if they were married to different men. The Hebrews had a say, he is not a man that hath not a woman. And after the creation, the Lord knew that though man alone may be good, yet it is not good for man to be alone. And so there must be a good reason for that enduring adage that behind every man is a good woman. Now, even Solomon found this a difficult subject because to preach the positive, he resorted to the negative. And if you read this text, you will see here that a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. But she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness in his bones. And so Solomon he takes to the negative what this virtuous woman is not. And the opposite to virtuous is shameful. Now, that's going to be our first point tonight. And I want you to uh, take that to, to, to mind and take it to heart. The opposite to the virtuous woman is shameful. Uh, this reference as rottenness in his bones. This is like a disease that creeps into the body uh, that 
cannot be cured. It's a long-term, ongoing, painful, and difficult thing to bear. In a blessed marriage, at the end of the day, a man closes the door to his troubles. But in a bad marriage, when he closes the door to the world, he only enters the door of sorrow. Now from Proverbs chapter 31, and you'll know, of course, the, the virtuous woman, the Proverbs 31 woman that's often referred to, that in that chapter you have a whole list of the characteristics of this virtuous woman. And it might be a good thing to turn there and just to refresh ourselves of some of the points that are made concerning this virtuous woman. Proverbs 31 and verse 10. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her. Now let's pause there tonight. The heart of her husband safely trusts in her. Well, this is the woman thereby that her husband has great confidence, great assurance that even when he is away from the home, that all will be well. Now, the, the, the uh, shameful woman, the opposite to the virtuous, well, she's the woman that the husband cannot trust. She's the woman that the husband cannot have that comfort that when he's gone, all is well. She shirks work. She seeks high places and expensive company. She gossips at the expense of her closest friends and family to impress perhaps a higher class. She's not at home when her husband is expecting her, and she's always late home. She cannot manage money. Now, I'm just looking at all the opposites to the virtuous woman that is described here in Proverbs 31. And this only describes the depth of the problem of being married to such a person. And through all of these things, trust breaks down. And there is nothing that will be as harmful to a marriage or any relationship than the breach of trust. And her husband has to phone home to see what she is doing, or maybe even go to the neighbors to find out where she is. In these modern times, a husband would buy his wife a phone, a cell phone, and say, now you keep that on so that I will know how to find you and how to discover how you are doing. Now again, Proverbs 31, verse 11, the heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. The shameful woman, just to keep that theme for a moment, I'm flipping the coin. I'm making us to think of the harm of one who is as rottenness in her husband's bones. The children are left alone. They only eat convenience foods. 
The mother is watching her favorite soaps on television hour by hour and things be neglected. You might be surprised to think that such women were to be found in Solomon's day. How did he know? Well, this is nothing new. In the human heart, things go wrong. And of course, sin is the problem. Pride, self, ego, self-trust, all of these things are the problem. And so we want to be delivered from a wife that would be as rottenness to our bones. That brings us now to the essence of virtuous. What is the nature of the woman who is virtuous? Well, she is a servant. And that's the very essence of Christianity. We're not trying to create some superwoman here. We're not trying to create something that is out of the ordinary. Our Lord Jesus came into this world to be a servant. He came to humble himself that he might take the form of a servant. And of course, all that he did in this world was that he might serve men. And this now becomes the spirit of the woman that feareth the Lord, the virtuous woman who takes the example of her Lord and so serves in her marriage, in her home, and her husband. And the prime motivation in the life of this woman is that she does all unto the Lord. That's the key. And that makes all the difference. Doing it unto the Lord with a servant spirit. Now notice in Proverbs 12 verse 4 that she will want to serve her husband. It says here, a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. She is the queen in his life. Her pride and her joy, and she has pride. Every good wife has pride. She has a standing. She has a name. And she has a reputation. And in all of this, her pride and joy is in honoring and in promoting her own husband. He is the head, but she is the crown. And her labors, service, diligence, and faithfulness all work together to advance his name and his work. And she accepts this from the very principle of creation. The Bible is very thorough in expounding this from the very uh, early pages of Genesis. The Apostle Paul takes this up in Ephesians 5, in that chapter on marriage, that the woman was made for the man, that Adam was put to sleep, and out of his rib God created woman, that she would complement and be the very companion of his life. And of course, it is her joy. It is her delight 
to serve and so minister. Now, we should keep our finger in Proverbs 31 and look at verses 12 and also 23. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 12 and 33. She will do him good and not evil all her days. And then verse 23, verse 23. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. There he is in the public place, but behind the man, in his very uh, attire, in his standing, in his reputation, well, his wife is very much behind all of that. She will also serve her children. Someone said this, Mom is not a noun, but a verb. The name Mom is an action word. It is not just a nice name, a friendly name. It is a call to action. And when you become a mother, well, it means help me, give me, come to me, do for me, all of those things that are necessary to the sustenance of life. And in every language of the world, mother means help. And it leads to the child calling on the Lord. And this is also seen in Proverbs 31, if you look at verses uh, 15 and 27. She riseth also while it is yet night, and giveth meat to her household, and a portion to her maidens. She's not skimping here. She is going beyond what is expected, and doing even for the whole household, not just uh, her own offspring, but the whole household, and she is serving in that manner. And then verse 27, she looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. The attitude of the godly or the virtuous woman is not that children are a nuisance. And I fear and tremble that this is so often in our generation the attitude of the, the modern woman. Uh, children are looked upon as a, a liability, as a hindrance, and nuisances at times rather than the gift of the Lord and the blessing of God that are to be helped and guided and cared for. Now, a little comment here in verse uh, 22, uh, back in Proverbs 31 and verse 22. It says, She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. For the Christian woman, and I'm taking from Proverbs, the virtuous woman, the godly woman, the woman that fears the Lord with a servant spirit, that's the Christian woman. For the Christian woman, there is no merit in being tardy. 
sometimes there is this attitude that, you know, if a woman is a Christian, then she's got to look dowdy, she's got to look unkempt, she's got to, uh, she's almost so afraid of looking uh, polished. Now, I don't mean worldly and using all the array of modern dress, but looking sharp, looking neat, looking beautiful in our own way. There is no merit in a Christian woman dressing down rather than dressing up. And the essence of Christianity is not being dull and dismal uh, in dress. She is a lady who can show her best side in public. Let me encourage ladies to dress well for, for worship, for God's house. I think we can say that is the attitude of ladies in this church. We commend you for doing that. When we come to the house of the Lord, we want to look our best, not our worst. Then also, she will serve the poor and needy. Let's look at uh, Proverbs 31 and verse 20. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. And it's because, of course, she is a woman of industry. She is a woman who is keeping the home and caring for those things that she is in a position to help. If she were lazy and squandered all of her husband's benefits, she would never be in a position to give anything, either uh, through donations or charity or whatever. Uh, she couldn't do those things if she was not inherently and consistently someone who was um, busy and careful and frugal, all of those things to come together. We may sound the depths of all the mighty oceans. We may tell the distance to the farthest star. But the mighty love of God cannot be measured. Its dimensions are so high, so deep, so far. This love is mine, I cannot comprehend it. This love revealed in Christ my Lord divine. When on the tree he died for me, God's wondrous, glorious, mighty love, this love is mine. I behold his love in every golden sunset. I can see it in the beauty of a flower and I feel it in my heart since Jesus touched me and 
and redeemed me by his wonder-working power. And someday I'll thank him face to face in glory when with all the millions at his feet I I heard a preacher say just recently that if you have not settled that the Bible is the Word of God, then you're not going to settle very much. You're going to be floating along in all the notions that are in this needy and confused world. But once you accept that the Bible is divine, it is the Word of God, then you can settle any question. And uh, Mr. Luther said, I have covenanted with my Lord that he should not send me visions or dreams or even angels. I am content with this gift of the Scriptures, which teaches and supplies all that is necessary, both for this life and that which is to come. Mr. Spurgeon said that the words of Scripture thrill my soul as nothing else ever can. They bear me aloft or dash me down. They tear me in pieces or build me up. The words of God have more power over me than ever David's fingers had over his harp strings. Is it not so with you? If you wish to know God, you must know his word. If you wish to perceive his power, you must see how his works by his word. If you wish to know his purpose before it comes to pass, you can only discover it by his word. And finally, I hold one single sentence out of God's word to be of more certainty and of more power than all the discoveries of all the learned men of all the ages. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our Free Presbyterian Church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one -on -one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 
9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m. here on the station as we let the Bible speak.